You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Truck prices are insane. That's right. Now, you've heard this topic from us before, but we are zeroing in on one thing that's specific, and then we're going to move out from there. Yes, we're not going to be complaining and whining. We do plenty of that. Oh, we do. But what I would like to do is actually use some real examples from what we have out there in the world, look at all the pickup trucks manufacturers, and see what is the deal with this. Why are they getting expensive? And where is it going to end? Or maybe it won't end. And who is being affected by this? Because it seems to be a certain group of people, which is a shame. Mostly all of us truck people. Right, but yes. not the rich people. That's, well, that's, that's it's, kind of the, it's the nice to have money, right? Uh, it, it goes beyond that. Yeah. So how about this? How about we start with the recent story? This just came out a few days ago that the F-150 Lightning, the new electric truck, the base model of it, the Pro, that all of us have driven, yep. uh, has another price increase. Now, keep in mind, guys, when this first came out, it was not only the least expensive version of the Ford Lightning, the electric Ford F-150, but it was also the least expensive electric vehicle you could get with all-wheel drive. Vehicle, across the board, because it started at about $40,000. Yeah, that changed. And, and when we discussed this, right, it, that price was unbelievable. It was extraordinary. And maybe that's the reason why it went up. Uh, and here's the, here's the thing. Uh, it has um, the small battery, F-150 Lightning, has a 98 kilowatt hour battery, which is the smaller one of the two. Right. It offers. And if you went out there and just purchased a battery about 98 kilowatt hours, I think you would be spending about 40K already, if not more. Just on a on an open market, but there's a whole vehicle wrapped up into it for the same price. Right, and it comes standard with all-wheel drive, four-wheel independent suspension, a bed, a cab that can hold five people comfortably, six, I believe. Don't they have the bench as well? Uh, not in the Lightning, though. No, in other F-150s. Yeah, another. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but the point is, is that I mean, it gave you a lot for the money. We've lauded that vehicle because it was such a bargain. And even when they did the first bump with its price increase, we still felt it was a bargain. 
Yes, and now the final one. So the 2023 Offensive to Lightning configurer is online. You can guys, you guys, guys can go and check it out yourself. Uh, the current starting price for the Pro smaller battery is fifty-five thousand nine seventy-four, where it was close to forty-one thousand before. That is a huge increase. So it's almost fifteen k, maybe a little bit more than fifteen thousand dollars in under a year because. Uh, TFL was the first, one of the first customers of the F-150 Lightning. We actually purchased one for our fleet. Yep. That was in June, early June of 2022. Right. Which it wasn't that long ago, actually. Well, we got the Ford, it was t- June 2022? Yeah, uh, or May. Yeah, it wasn't, May. it was, so they started shipping in May, uh-huh. and I, th- I believe Roman and I and I flew into Dearborn in maybe first week of June. Okay. Anyways, it's been under a year. Yep. Uh, and already several price increases. So what's going on? I have a one theory. Okay, go ahead. So remember three years ago, a fellow named Elon Musk was on stage, and he presented a concept Cybertruck. And then they have a Tesla website that showed the Cybertruck. Uh, by the way, that took down that pricing page already mm-hmm. uh, since then. But he said the base Cybertruck will start around $40,000. That's right. And then they show the Cybertruck concept pulling an F-150 in the tug of war and winning. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a huge, uh, I don't want to say a wake-up call, but it was a call-out. Call-out to Ford, GM, and maybe others to say, hey, Tesla is here. Cybertruck will be affordable and it will be awesome. And I think everybody reacted to it. What do you think? That's a good theory. I like that. I th- To add to that, I'm going to say that um, Ford definitely misjudged the market in one respect, and that was that people would be willing to pay a lot more money for even their base or entry-level model pickup trucks that are electric. Because they're really, if you think about mass producing, they really are first to the game. Yes, Rivian was ahead of them, and Rivian you know, deserves all that credit, but they didn't really have too many out there. And also there's GMC Hummer. I guess you could consider that uh, pickup truck as well. But it's, but it's not it's, selling in numbers. It's not yeah. at all. Not at all. So I think that Ford looked at it and said, well, we are making X amount on these vehicles. But if we bump up that price just a small percentage, 5%, who's going to know really? And then they decided, well, maybe 15% or 20%. It's really gotten out of control. So I think that the bean counters saw something and jumped on it shortly after they went for the introduction and decided to keep that truck as a very reasonable, reasonable price. Which, by the way, one of the reasons Ford did that, this is not official, but this is from a Ford Insider, is because they wanted to draw people in because they felt that it wouldn't be popular. And they wanted, yeah. And I think they got that wrong. They, they got that wrong. And they, but they got it wrong maybe in a good way. Yes, for them. exactly. For because them. F- for them, they got it wrong in the best way possible because they get received, what, 150,000 orders mm-hmm. or pre-orders, reservations? In a very short amount uh, of time. For the F-150 Lightning. Um, and there's a lot of interest. And they've sold to date. We don't have December numbers yet. I know this is kind of our New Year's show. Right. Uh, but we don't have December numbers quite at this time. Right. Uh, they sold about 14,000 Lightnings uh, in the last, what, six or seven months, which is not a huge number. No, but um, remember that the part shortages and chip shortages and everything else do affect this truck directly. Yeah, and I think that was part of the reason, too, is because raw materials prices have shot through the roof. And for, even Ford had a press release about this, that they're adjusting prices depending on the raw materials. Okay, so I get that, and I could see that for being a 10% increase. So instead of a $40,000 truck, it's a $44,000 truck. 
I think that that would but be... But not a $56,000 truck, which right, it is now. Right, And this is my issue. And it's we're not going to be just calling out Ford. We're, we're covering Oh, we're going to go with every podcast. manufacturer. Everybody's, every. you know, we have the crosshairs on you. <laughs> and we're hoping that for 2023, you guys will come back to your senses. But more importantly, you'll help the hardworking guys and gals out there who need an affordable truck to drive around because it really seems like the ones who want the affordable ones are the ones who are getting screwed. And I've seen it firsthand and it really does look that way. And that means that these people who could barely get to 40,000 now have to try to find a way to get to what, 56? Yeah, that, that would be unreasonable. And also these are fleet trucks. So we're not just talking about uh, private individuals, although there are some, yes. but we're talking about large city fleets, other businesses who don't have infinite budgets. Especially right. those mid-sized businesses that are mom and pop and whatnot or are owned by you know very small chains that really don't have deep pockets but really want something like this. And it just feels like someone decided now's the time to strike and really nail them while we can. And I just feel like that is absolutely the wrong thing to do. I'm sure you guys have different opinions. Regardless of all that, we're going to move on because there are other issues out there. Yes, but before we move on, I want to thank uh, our supporters Absolutely. because this is hugely uh, important to us. So patreon.com slash TFLcar is our only page at TFL that where you can support us and also talk to us directly That's right. using their messaging system. So just within two days from this recording, David J., Tyler G., Mark C., and Clay T., Although uh, all those easy names for me to say. Yeah, you, you're having uh, an easy week. Yes. Uh, supported us in a huge way. So thank you very much. Um, and we already interacted with some questions and comments. So really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yes. So now let's move on to another recent story that we did uh, just very recently. It was the new the next generation Chevy Colorado. Uh, so the new Chevy uh, Colorado is actually an interesting truck in terms of what they decided to do with the overall trim package and availability components, they decided to stick with essentially one truck and then kind of beef it up from there. So the one truck is you get it with one bed, one cab configuration. Am I correct? Yeah, crew cab, short bed. Right, that's Bam. how it comes. That's it. And then from there, it's a four-cylinder turbocharged engine hooked up to an eight-speed automatic transmission. However, as you go up in trim, the engine increases in uh, horsepower and, I believe, torque. Totally. Uh, but in, here's what I said. So Roman and I, uh, we did a news video about this. Mm -hmm. This was about a week ago or more. Right. And we went through the configurator. You guys can check it right out. This was right when it was released. Yeah, you guys can check out their online configura configurator on Chevrolet.com. And also GMC Canyon configurator for 23 is also right. out. And I said something that I thought made sense, and then you commented on this. Here's what I said. I said, well, they have more parts and more metal now on this truck. That's why the base price went up from like 27K for a short cab, long bed, to this crew cab, which starts now around 30, 30 and a half K. So I said, most of the price increases probably have to do with more metal, more doors, right? More components in this truck. A real backseat. Yeah, um, all that stuff. And, of course, the turbocharged engine, right? Yes. That's underneath this hood now. And then so, some of you commented and they said, wait a minute. They're removing complexity, not increasing complexity. Uh, it, in the process of In the process it, of yes. building it. Agreed with you. Uh, so it should be cheaper, some of you said, instead I, of more expensive. Yes. 
If you look at the large term in terms of manufacturing and what it costs to pay for the stampings and what it costs to actually put the vehicle together, by only having one cab and one bed configuration and going to one chassis, it does save them a fortune because they don't have to make you know a variety of different, different beds stampings. Yeah. Right. In some cases, that don't sell very well, and they don't get the return on their investment as equitably as they do with doing it this way and just having one bed, one cab. So I would agree with you that they're actually doing this to save money. However, this is the short term that we're looking at right now. Sales haven't really begun. No. So we can't measure what their success is or their failure is. I will say this. It is a true pity that they couldn't see to it, and frankly, almost nobody does, to build a real entry-level model that is affordable under, well under $30,000. That $30,000 mark, you would be surprised what you can get. There are some tr vehicles out there you can get for that price. And we'll mention some of and those we, later. And yeah. we will mention some of those. But there are people who, for various reasons, it's not even... In, some people really just do put a cap on a price because they know, even though they can afford more, that it's smart to actually have resources or pay it off quickly or pay for it all together. I'm right there with you guys, and I get it. And it's such a pain when people start just throwing these high prices on entry-level models. So that's my gripe is over. Let's talk about configurating. Yeah, and uh, I brought up a GMC Canyon configurator now, which is the sister truck, really, to the new Colorado. They right. share the chassis, the powertrain, a lot of the components are shared. Yeah, and some of the sheet uh, metal, I think, too. Yeah, the, right? although they have unique faces, unique interiors, right. and such. Uh, but here's another um, shame, I would say, because the base Canyon for 2023 starts at $38,095, according to this is configurator. Is that the ele elevation? This is the elevation truck. They, okay. don't, they don't have a pro-base truck. Well, um, that's, I think um, that's part of the point right there. I'm not defending them. I'm just saying that uh, logically. Uh, General Motors GM gives yes. you a lot more with GMC than they do on the standard Chevrolet. So I think that you're probably getting more components, a slightly higher-end truck right out of the box. That's my guess. That seems to make sense. Yeah, and this is their strategy here. So as I look at this, and we've been studying this for, for actually several months since they announced these trucks, right. is that their GMC line, they always say, every event we go up with GMC, they always say Denali and 84 are their most popular trims. And they're really proud of that. And they also, they, every time. You're right. and they can charge more money for that because it's so popular and premium. Right. That's fine. That's their business model. Their business model has to do with nicer things, nicer interiors, higher end, nicer higher end, end com components. Yes, I agree. Um, and they're offering one powertrain. It's the high output version of the two seven. So that uh, comes standard in the with elevation. a high out, yeah, high output engine right out of the gate. So you could say, okay, so maybe there is, you know, some price included in that, which is true because it's different hardware yes. uh, in the engine uh, versus the very base one. Um, I think the turbocharger and all that are different too. Yeah, um, when you go from the very base one to the high output, yeah, it's not just software because a lot of you thought, oh, it's just a tune. Well, no, there's no, more to there, it. There is a lot more to it, I believe. So, and of course, I mean, we did videos on the most expensive Colorado and Canyon, so I, I don't think we have to rehash everything here. But no. But they are reaching seventy thousand dollar mark for a mid-sized truck. Yeah, and we've we've seen this before with Jeep, by the way. We have. Uh, we were well into the sixties configuring, configuring, configuring. Oh, that's that's a word. Yeah, configuring. I'm, I'm, I apologize, guys. Um, configuring a Jeep 
uh, Gladiator, Rubicon, or was it the Mojave that really hit the high price? Let's it, check it out now. Yeah, so we're, we're on the page now. And this, this applies because this is, once again, another truck that's ca- that kept moving up in price. I actually looked at the base model Gladiator about, what, three years back? I was starting to really look at it. Mm-hmm. And it was really close to the price that I was, my break point, which was under $35,000. And I was seriously thinking about it because you get standard four-wheel drive and you get standard size bed. You get this proper cab that can hold people up to five. And it's topless. And it's topless. How and cool it's, is and that? And I like Jeeps. You know, yeah. I've, I've always been honest about that. Well, the least expensive one now is, I believe, well over $40,000. Am I correct? Uh, For the let me, absolute let me, base model? Let me double check this. Okay, so while he's looking at that. 38.7 okay. is a Gladiator Sport for... Dude, I didn't know this. Because hmm. you were... Well, I remember doing this podcast with you two years ago. Right. And we were talking about low 30s. Yep, we were talking about 32, uh, 32 yeah. 33. 38,775. Exactly. And that's something that when I saw that, you know, my jaw hit the floor. I did the... <laughs> You know, sound and I was really upset. And but that went throughout the lineup of Jeep as well. I mean, Wranglers and everything else, all of them were, were creeping up in price as well. But it's still not as profound as some of the other price increases, including the one for the Ford Lightning. But I will say this about that particular product: if you're going to get that base model, 38 and change, realistically, first of all, you're not going to walk out of there for a truck under forty thousand dollars. No way. Second. If you want any options on that, they bundle a few of them, and the only a couple of them can you get separately. Once again, you're not walking out of there with a vehicle under $40,000. The bottom line is, when I configured mine, the last time I decided to look depressingly at the screen and see whether or not I could actually afford it, the one I was looking at, which was a base model, essentially, a Sport, with two upgrades and the winter package or whatever it was to get the heated seats, so mm-hmm. it was one step higher. I think it was the Willys. Okay. The Willys, I think. Yeah, which is actually a good value. It's or, a good, or it is a good value, yeah. but it was also putting me in the mid 40s. Yes. So it was $10,000 out of my range. And compared to what it was, which would have been only like, oh, $5,000 or $6,000 out of my range. And maybe I could have thought about that, but no. It's just very difficult for people to afford these things with these big price hikes. So that's a really good example. The Gladiator. Should we move on to... Um... Yeah, I just want to make one more comment on yeah. the Gladiator as I'm building it uh, when you, while you were talking. And I'm right now at 66000 for a diesel-powered Gladiator. So it's yeah. in the neighborhood already yep. of what we were mentioning before. I think you could quite easily hit it, get to $70,000 with enough goodies on it. And there's a lot of people out there who price no option. They want every goodie on there. They don't care that it's going to be six or even 7,000-pound Jeep product. That because of the, that weight won't off-road as good as it would if it were 5,000 pounds. No, what they want is all the toys, every single thing you can put on there, and that creates weight. And that's, so I, that's I, pretty blue though. Uh, yeah, and then well, I don't understand this high altitude model, which is it's a little bit be above in trim level over the Gladiator, but it's kind of a city Jeep. It's got 20s. Yeah, those wheels it's got, are useless. It's got 20-inch wheels. It's got color-matched um, fenders and bumpers. Right. It's a little bit more luxurious. It's got uh, color-matched mirrors. I don't understand it, but that's not the point of this. The point is that I got it to $68,500 uh, for this midsize truck. But here's where the Jeep is. It was always a lifestyle vehicle. It was. As such, 
you know, you don't see your local, you know, cable guy arriving. I don't, I don't see too many contractors running yeah. around in them either. Although I have seen one. I, I, I do know one guy who was uh, a handyman of some sort who had one. But regardless, what we're talking about here is a vehicle that is really built for fun seekers who want utility. That totally makes sense. However, there are a lot of trucks out there that just simply like, dude, I need to work and I need something that's going to haul the stuff to work and, you know, be my companion at Mm -hmm. work. All right. Now we're at Ram. Yeah. So Stellantis, since we're in Stellantis land. Let's uh, continue. Let's take a look at this because this was also eye-opening for us. Um, and we were just did a story on this a couple of days ago. So let's back up the clock to is it twenty twenty that we got our TRX? It was well, it was a twenty twenty one model, and Roman picked it up on December thirty first, twenty twenty. So okay. it's been what almost well two years ago. Yes. Yes. Almost exactly from this point. Yeah. From the point that you're watching this, um, when we bought it. The least expensive model, and we were just a step above the least expensive model. Was yeah, we 70, were very careful with our money. Yeah, it was seventy. It was like seventy-two. Okay, seventy-two thousand with destination. This and is this, a TRX. This is a TRX with a supercharged honking V8, but it had like no um, uh, keyless entry, for example. Yeah. Uh, we had to always click the key. Uh, we had, you know, no. Well, no, we did have heated seats. We did. Um, that was because we got the one step higher than the... Yeah, and we had a towing package with a trailer assist where you could actually steer it with a knob. Right. Uh, so the ours was 77. So we took the base TRX, and because we do v- a lot of videos with trailering and towing, uh, we added, we, the we added the, and a couple of other items came along with it. Right. So that was 77. And we already thought we were way beyond our wildest dreams uh, on that. So there has recently been a press release on a brand new model of the TRX. Now this is a specific model. So it's not all TRXs, although the base price for TRXs has gone up as well. Yeah, so the base TRX right now, I'm looking at as we speak, it's just over 86,000. So that is- It was 72, two years ago. So almost a 10% increase, a 9% increase or something like that? Well, this is uh, what seventy two eighty five. That's thirteen thousand dollars, fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, that's twenty percent. That's wow. But 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 the core of the truck hasn't changed. It's still the same powertrain. Yeah, they did not boost the numbers. Well, that's that's what I'm. That's what's crazy is that this is exactly the same truck. Really, they had. There's nothing that they needed to do to make to improve the truck. Uh, well, it's already a great true. truck. It, yeah, it's yes. one of our favorites. So. I'm sorry, but the, let's go to what the whole point here is, and that is also their new top-end truck, their top-end version of the TRX. Which is now called the Havoc Edition, which is a brand-new edition for 2023. Right. And it's in this bright yellow. I think they're calling it Baja yellow color. And its price, although it has everything, it has the carbon fiber package, it's got level two uh, trim equipment group, um, it's one hundred and four thousand. One hundred and four thousand dollars. Yes. So right now, now they're back in the Raptor R territory. I think that's what they saw. <laughs> that might be exactly, literally. That might be exactly what they're looking at. But once again, I mean, that really does take a price of something that I'm not saying was affordable, but certainly takes it out of the <laughs> the realm of even possibilities for being kind of, sort of, almost affordable, considering what you get for yeah, a truck, yeah, yeah. right? Totally. Yeah. So. 
yet again, another one of those things where it's just very difficult to put your thumb on. And let's go to another brand now. It's Toyota. And Toyota, they're not as bad as some of the others. In fact, I would say that one of the benefits of the, now this bear in mind, the regular, not, not the TRD Pro, but the regular Tundra, is that you get a lot for the money if you look at the powertrain alone. Mm -hmm. Am I correct? Yeah, totally. So they just redesigned the Tundra. Um, you know, twin turbocharged now. There's a hybrid version of it. Right. Um, and um, here's where I am with the Tundra. And I also want to bring in the Sequoia because we recently drove the Sequoia. And it and is a truck. It deserves to be here. It's based on the frame. It's based on the Tundra completely. It's it's all new as well. Um, and sorry, I'm struggling to find the base price of the um, Tundra here. I um, hate Toyota's website, by the way. But guys. they just they just redesigned it. It sucks. Yeah, I, I was on it last night. It's terrible. It's what, a, where are the truck sections? It's, it's oh, hard, here yeah. it is. But see, it's kind of hard. And it's not intuitive to navigate. Okay. So the Tundra for 2023 model starts at 36965 Okay. So here's where I am on this. Um, you know, you don't get the two-door cab, right? So it starts with an extended cab version. Exactly. You get that standard. Uh, but if you wanted an F-150 shorty, mm -hmm. uh, by that, I mean two-door cab, shorter bed, or a Chevy version of that, or a Ram version of that, two-wheel drive. You'd be looking at low 30s. Yes. But so the Tundra is not price competitive for base model. For base model, it's not. And that's, that's one thing that Toyota has stopped building. They don't have an entry-level base truck. However, for this price, you are still getting the twin-turbocharged V6. Granted, it's not as powerful as the higher-end versions, but it's still the twin-turbocharged V6, and you're also getting a 10-speed automatic transmission. Those are standard. Yeah, indeed. And so, and I think, once again, uh, I, th I think I'm starting to sound like a broken record, but when I was at the Tundra events and all the uh, events leading up to this truck being unveiled, is they said, hey, it's a little bit more of a lifestyle vehicle. It's, it's more based on, you know, we want to we want to tow a lot, you know, people who have big trailers, yeah, big yeah. campers, big boats. Uh, it's more for fun. That's kind of what they were saying. So it's a little bit less of a work. Although my neighbor owns a Tundra for work. Yeah. You know, and they have a great reputation, of course. Um, but look, their hybrid Tundra starts at 54000 Yes. It's already a high price. It is. And, and that's, that's a difficult one to swallow. Um, you can get a hybrid Ford equivalent for less. And that's Which we know because I, I had because one. Because he, he had one. Like yeah, I just recently. sold mine. I yeah, just sold my truck. Just, like, just sold it. Yes. So so here's the thing about Ford and, and well, Chevrolet does not have, really have a hybrid right now. But... They do have a diesel. Yes, which is also important. And we'll touch on this. Yes, we will. Um, and here's the thing. The same thing about the Sequoia. So here's what happened. Uh, the Sequoia... It's brand new, and it's only a hybrid, right? Mm -hmm. And the starting price on the Sequoia, and I'm going to get that. Here it is. It's 58.3. So. Ooh, doggies. That is a lot of dough for a truck that can haul the family. However, continue. Yeah. What else could you get under this? You could get a Nissan Armada uh, Which is a truck. really, really good truck and actually a pretty damn good value. Heck yeah. You can get a Tahoe. You could squeak in. Which if are fantastic. You, if you ordered one. I yes. mean, you won't be able to find it on the lot. Yeah, good luck. But, but if you ordered one, you can get a Tahoe under this price. Maybe even a Yukon. Well, Yukon are probably starting at I higher prices. Yukon probably, of uh, But also Ford Expedition. 
Right. You could probably sneak in under which, this price. Which is a really decent vehicle as well. It has that twin turbocharged V6. It's standard. Yeah. And it has also 10-speed automatic transmission, which the Sequoia has as well. The Sequoia comes standard with that twin turbocharged V6. But here's the better part, and this is why I think that that price is not as horrific. It's a hybrid. It has a hybrid powertrain. And that suddenly makes it not only valuable, but unique. Because nobody else in the market is providing that type of power and efficiency with a caveat. And we're about to get back to that. And that is General Motors does provide an outstanding straight-six diesel. Yeah, which actually in many ways gets better economy on the highway at least than this hybrid. And it's a torque monster too. And a torque monster and quite pleasurable to drive as as well. Um, Here's my deal on the Sequoia. I, um, I mean... It has their own customer base, right? Yes. So um, I've, many of you listening and watching, uh, you know, love Toyota brand. Um, you love what they're doing, especially with the Forerunners, right, and right. all the other SUVs that they have. Um, so having a having a Sequoia uh, redesigned and brand new, but you know, we talked about this in the last show, I believe. It's not great at anything. It's just good at everything. You yeah. know, that's where the Sequoia is. It's a utility player that doesn't have anything that outshines the competition. I like the way it looks a lot. Uh, I don't like its numbers for off-roading. And you know me, I'm kind of towards the off-roading side. However, we can say with some certainty that it is one of the better towing vehicles in its class. Am I correct? Yeah, uh, 95000 uh, thousand 9500 pounds 95,000 pounds you sound like wow. me with all the mistakes i make wow numbers. that that would be a heck of an suv if it could tow 95 but even 9500 pounds is still it's near really the top. good it's the really only good. thing above it is really the um the uh, wagoneer exactly. that that will tow about up to 10 yes. up to 10,000 pounds which, but i mean that's is, still pretty heady is, you know if you yeah, think about th- those know, are great numbers fantastic numbers so once again i mean it just does a lot of things really well and i do like the fact that you do get that much tech combined with, you know, fuel-saving devices that, although aren't that fuel-saving, still do the job to a certain degree. Very cool. Um, I really, really wish, and, and who knows, maybe Toyota will do this, that in a couple of years they'll actually make a version of that tr- uh, truck, the Sequoia, that has more input in it, just like his former Ford, where you have the power, what do they call it? power system oh the uh, pro power on board pro power on board yeah the inverter system yeah proper inverter system i wish they'd do it also on the tundra but regardless i think it would be really cool to have it on sequoia as well where you could run a proper campsite using your truck i mean that'd be just amazing so that's a hope yeah. i'm sorry let's go back uh, that that was off the rails a little bit uh, that's no big deal uh, i was just looking at the tahoe because tahoe is the segment leader right in the space um, and their V8 based two wheel drive model starts at fifty six thousand. That's and the five point three though, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. We're already a V8 engine. Yes. Um, and then the three liter Duramax diesel starts at fifty seven thousand, which is for two wheel drive, mind you, but still a heck of a deal, I think, when you consider it's looking a, at the Sequoia. That's where I would have a. Th- th- that's that would be my choice. Those two, because I, I, I like economy to a certain degree. Which one is better? Well, if you get the diesel, you pay much higher prices for diesel per gallon, but you also have yeah. a much more efficient vehicle. Um, if you get the Toyota, it's not as efficient, but it tows more. 
I mean, there's it's an interesting trade-off between the two of yeah, them. You're really close. And a lot of it comes to personal preference, exactly. right? And your your daily commute. You know, what is it like? You know, what are you guys? You would have to drive both of them back to back, which, by the way, you can do, and I do recommend. Yeah, and there I've seen um, Sequoia at a local dealership. Mm-hmm. I think they have a demo model. Yeah, so you can go to you know any number of dealerships. They are actually... starting to get them out there to people. I've seen a couple on the road now. So yeah, they're they're out there, but just not a lot of them. All right, should we move on though? Because yes, we were going to talk about uh, Nissan briefly. Yeah, Nissan, and then we want to jump into some of the um, electric manufacturers as well because that's still an issue. It is still an issue, which is why we started with that. Uh, first of all, Nissan. There's not a lot of options available, which is both pro and con. Similar to Toyota, Nissan decided to stop with the regular cab uh, variants of their trucks Mm -hmm. altogether across the board. And you, at least when you get the Titan, are stuck with one engine, one transmission. Not that that's too horrible because we think the world of that 5.6 liter V8 um, and it's a nine-speed automatic transmission. It seems to be pretty solid. Yeah. So it's a solid truck, but there's no base model version of the truck that can go head-to-head with the base model short cab version of all the other trucks that are out there. Um, it's, it's a really, shame. And it's not a high-volume seller, and it was never a high-volume seller. Yeah. And it's struggling still on the Titan side. The Frontier side is better. So here's the latest numbers. So for 2023, the new Frontier starts at 21... 29,190, so just under 30. It just squeaked by. Maybe it's over 30 with destination charges. Are you, is that the... That's the is Frontier. Yeah, but that's the Frontier with the... I'm just curious if... I thought it started a little bit less with the King Cab. Oh, let me look. I, and I could be wrong. You. I was looking... No, no, that's a fair question. That's, yeah. that's, that's uh, a really good question. When I was going to buy my little Santa Cruz... One of the competing vehicles price-wise was the Nissan. And the only way I could get it to where I could get the four-wheel drive and the, and the stuff that I wanted was to get the King Cab version, and that just won't quite hold my family. And that's six months ago. That's, that's research from six months ago. So that could have very well changed as well. Nissan's doing a very good job selling these things. They are very popular, and the um, 29,190. There, yeah. So... Well, everything is going up, dude. Yep. So I'm looking at the King Cab two-wheel drive, 29,190. I just confirmed. Yep. So, and that's going to be over that with destination charges and, and some yeah. other uh, updates to it. But there is, once again, a benefit, and that is Nissan going the one powertrain route, which means you get a 300 and how many horsepower? Three, it's 310. 310. Yeah. 310 yeah. horsepower, 3.8 liter V6. That's proven to be very, very stout thus far. And once again, a nine-speed automatic transmission. Standard. So you get a beefier setup as opposed to its the, the former Nissan uh, Frontier, which had a very anemic four-cylinder engine with a manual transmission as the option on the base model vehicle. Yeah, but that was a low price that was option. M- Remember exactly. that white truck we had? Yeah, we called it the Last Frontier. Yeah. <laughs> In so many ways. That was that was like 21 grand. Yeah, exactly. And yes. that's that's what's missing is having those super low end inexpensive trucks. I know you guys are saying Ford Maverick. We're going to get there in a second. Yeah. Anyway, so um, this truck as configured if you get it with just the standard equipment and maybe one or two options, realistically, you're looking at like thirty-two, thirty-three thousand dollars. That's before four-wheel drive. Yeah, yeah, and um, 
here's where I am on the midsize trucks. By the way, um, we are now new owners of a midsize truck once again. We are. Uh, TFL uh, Fleet has purchased a 2019 uh, Ford Ranger, which was the first year technically of its return to the United States market. Right. Uh, we bought it used. But it only had about 4,300 miles when we purchased it. 4,300? Yes. Not 1,000? No, 4,300 miles. Wow. It was three years old, basically. Uh, so I think we got a really good deal. Uh, we have a video about it on our channel, That's TF right. TFL Truck and OldTFL.com. I want to make a comment about that truck, which is yeah. the fact that it has such little mileage means that we essentially bought almost a brand new truck because at least up until now, 2022, Ford has done very little to change that truck. In fact, Roman went online and configured the identical truck. And according to him, it came out to about $38,000. Right. And that was approximately the new MSRP on the truck we bought. That is correct. So, so, that's, um, so why did we buy it? So many reasons. Um, basically, our fleet consists of a heavy-duty truck, yep. a full-size truck, and compact, which is a Santa Cruz. Yep. We were missing a midsizer, and we knew... The next Tacoma is coming. The next, well, Ranger is coming. Mm. The next Colorado and Canyon are coming. So we needed, we wanted to be in the midsize segment. Uh, and we found this one, which was a little bit higher than what we wanted to spend. Yeah. But we ended up, um, you know, it, it's, it's going to work for us, I think. I think the market value, considering w the low mileage on that truck, is what makes it so compelling. And I didn't even realize it was that low. And we checked it. We checked the uh, pricing, the market. Of course, it's difficult to know. It's so fluid. Yes, right? it is. Uh, but we talked to dealer, uh, our dealer, Brighton Ford, that we uh, work with on Fords. Um, and he's, they said that, you know, we're based, there was not much on the bone. You know, that was the market value of that truck. Mm -hmm. And... And I believe it. I think that I think we got a good deal. Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-four thousand dollars, which is a lot of money for a used truck, but one that only has forty-three hundred miles. Yeah, that's pretty extraordinary. Dude, our stubby truck, the brand new one we just bought, Ram fifteen hundred. Uh, it's almost over that now. <laughs> Seriously. After two, two and a half months yeah, or something. That. Well, so so yeah, that's why we bought it. But there was another reason, and that is if we went to buy a new one, as I mentioned you would have been nearly $40,000 to get that equivalent truck, which is just too much. Yeah, and by the way, uh, and by the way, they are not selling a lot of new Rangers, right? The Ford Bronco is kind of taking away some of the production. Well, so is the Maverick. And the Maverick is taking some of yeah. that away. And so if you, if you went to the dealer, they actually had no brand new Rangers. The only Rangers they had were used. Right. So that's mm -hmm. kind of where we were. And we will be seeing a new Ranger. We expect within the next few months they'll probably do some sort of unveiling. Uh, we're seeing lots of prototypes and pictures from overseas and everything else, but we're just soon. Anyway, so should we talk about the, this thing or should we first talk about the Maverick? What do you think? I think let's let's switch gears once again. Look, let's do some electric because I have a couple of things that are bothering me. Okay, on I got electric trucks. I got lots of things that are bothering me. And then me. we can get back to the Maverick because in the end, the new Maverick and to some extent the Santa Cruz mm -hmm. uh, Hyundai are the value leaders and price leaders. They are, but you have to make sacrifices if you get those. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. Let's talk about... Uh, Lordstown. Lordstown. So why are we talking about Lordstown? Well, mm. one reason is they just announced that they're beginning production and selling trucks to fleets. Only so, to fleets. So you have to be a business. You cannot really be a, you know, a private citizen 
kind of walking in and, and buying one of these trucks. But there are a couple of other, well, surprises. So the starting price was near $64,000. We'd mentioned the F-150, right, growing mm-hmm. in price. Yeah. Well, that grew up to 56000 This right. is above that. Well above that. Yes. And the first thing I did when Andre told me this, I looked at him and I said, is it any better than the Ford Lightning Pro, at least on paper? And the reality is no. No. Um, so it doesn't go as far, as far as range. Right. It's, well, it has decent power. It has comparable power. Yeah. But that's not what we care. We don't care about zero to 60 times here. Even though we like to do that, yeah. we play with it. It's a joke. Uh, what, what we like to look at is, you know, range, towing, and payload right. and, and payload and it's not any better than the f-150 lightning in, okay. the, in those respects so why are we paying more money for it well that's a good question right now i suspect that they're aiming for some government contracts which would lower their price of course and of course there's in tax the, incentives right and, and there'll be several incentives and they in <laughs> lordstown has gone lord have they gone through some things yes um they've had change in leadership I think more than once, they've had a lot of economic issues. The fact that they're at this point is extraordinary. I didn't think they'd make it. I thought it would be vaporware at one point. Um, They have been luring in uh, judges for various car of the year things, hoping that they'll eke something out, although they should be disqualified. I'm sorry, but they should be because it's not a vehicle that's publicly available. Uh, It won't be. Uh, oh, they, because the judging is now. The judging is now. And it's not available for sale widely. Yeah, but it's not right. a, It's not for sale to the public. You yeah, it's to, for fleets. Yeah, you have to get it as a fleet. So I don't recall there ever being a precedent for a vehicle, a fleet vehicle, being uh, available for any type of award like that, meaning that they're just hoping to yoke some better uh, publicity for doing this. I'm sorry, but that's my take on that, and I could be wrong. The... Only reason I suspect that people would probably find something like a Lordstown worthwhile is those vehicles, or an endurance, I shouldn't just call it a Lordstown. It's an endurance. It, it's, it's an endurance. It's yeah. um, is perhaps that it's it's got some high-tech stuff in it. It's an interesting cockpit. Drivetrain is very unique for an electric vehicle. Yeah. Nobody else is building the drivetrain like this. Maybe those are things that are compelling to some people. Yeah, and also, I mean, the styling is question. Uh, it's a personal taste. You know, you could love it or hate it. That's fine. Um, the hub motors, uh, you mentioned. Yes. Um, so this does not have inboard motors like sitting in the middle of the vehicle. Right. There's and there's no axle going from a motor to a wheel. The motors sit inside the wheel like you would see with certain electric bikes and electric scooters. Yeah, and that's a very unique take. I was really excited, and I really we asked Lordstown for a test vehicle. We yeah. don't have one yet. No. Um, and it's a very unique system. Uh, there is advantages and disadvantages. You could argue there is many disadvantages uh, because th- you have unsprung weight, right? Because the motor weighs quite a bit. Yes. And I actually was talking to an in- inventor. This was months or even a, maybe a year ago. Uh, that was invented trying to come up with a way to decrease the weight of a motor mm-hmm. in order to be able to gain advantages in the hub yes. uh, of this design. But that's not in production yet. That is Obviously, it's, it's all theoretical, and this is a production truck. Uh, well, we haven't driven one, so we, we can't really judge it, but we know it's expensive. It's expensive, and it's out of reach for a lot of people unless you go fleet. So if you have to do a fleet, why is this truck more expensive than the Ford uh, lightning. Well, until we drive one and talk to those these people face to face, we don't know. 
So you're going to have to listen to judges who may or may not be tainted in their perspective, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, okay. let's move on. So uh, let's, talk, ah, about, let's talk about Rivian. So this is another case where, you know, initial pricing was optimistic mm-hmm. uh, or and also attractive. I was seriously tempted by it. So even though the original price was about $72,000, right. which by that standard two years ago, that was like a TRX money. Exactly. But this has four motors. 800 and something horsepower. Yeah. It's got high adjustable suspension. The range is incredible. The range is really good in real life. And mm-hmm. we verified this. Yes, um, we have. It's, it's approaching 300 miles, you know, on a regular basis. It's a joy to drive, by the way. It really is just, I, it's still one of my favorite electric trucks. And also, the interior is well put together. I like the interior. Yeah. Uh, it's way but, better quality than a um, Tesla, like a Model 3 or whatever. It's just there's, you don't see glues falling off the sides or anything else. It looks like it's really well put together, in you know from my perspective. And then the, what was that a year ago or like ten months ago? It was it was just about a year. Yeah, ago. Yeah, they they made an announcement that was really controversial and mm-hmm. very wow. Uh, they said we're raising all prices on all R1Ts, and I think R1 SSUVs as well, mm-hmm. from X to X to Y, and no matter if you have a reservation or not. Boy, did that did not go well. Wow, there are people firing um, up their attorneys left and right, and the type well, of media coverage they got was not what they wanted. Well, here's the thing: if you put in your money as a reservation and as a deposit, I think it was about two thousand dollars originally. It was it was a heavy it was, amount. It was a considerable yeah. amount of money. It yeah, wasn't yeah, like a yeah. hundred bucks or fifty bucks. No, 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 no. It was it was money. It was serious money. So you, that means you were serious, and they gave you kind of a target price mm-hmm. of your vehicle, which may have been seventy-two, may have been eighty thousand dollars, or something like Regardless, that. Regardless, you are the one when you put your money out there. Like, okay, this is going to be the truck I'm getting for roughly this price. Yeah, that's what you expect. And then they said, oh, by the way, it's going to be ten or fifteen k more. Boy, that's you're basically kind of stepping over the agreement. And going well beyond and screwing it. So over they walked a lot of it customers. back. Yes, they walked they it back. They had so much heat for it, they pulled back and backed off on that. But we're not done. Yes, but now, so for older reservation holders, you guys are good. Yeah. You're, you're, you're fine. You're still, some of you are still waiting for your truck because they just sold, I think, up to about 20,000 trucks in They're over a year. They're starting to finally get there. But now, if you and I ordered one right now, we would be starting at 87,000. That's for the base model. How many, it's a two-motor? It's still a four-motor oh, system. Oh, it's still the four-motor. So, so they don't have the cheaper one out yet. There's a couple of things they're working on. So right now, you could also pre-order a dual-motor system all-wheel drive at 79000 That's a little better. But, but it's not coming until a bit later. Yeah. And I think it's maybe – don't quote me on this. Actually, I don't know. Uh, but also, there's only – a large pack available with that one. You could step up to a larger pack. They're calling Max Pack, which takes the price even higher. Yes. To eighty nine thousand. So, so they're having more options. More of them are available. Right. And I'm happy about this, because you know there's time. It's it's time that they offer more powertrain choices. I agree. And more battery options. I was really hoping that they would come closer to fifty grand on the. Uh, Oof. Two motor, but I I know that they just couldn't do it. Now, but that brings up a very interesting question for some of you guys, Tesla fans and Tesla haters alike. Tesla Cybertruck is getting closer to production, and perhaps in 2030 we'll get one. But Ouch. yes, 
But no, re realistically, they're, they are a lot closer, and it sounds like they're on the precipice. Yeah, the factory is being outfitted. That's mm -hmm. the la latest information we have. Is that they're promising the first truck to be available in December of 2023. 2024. Or maybe, let's translate that to early 2024. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's within the year. So let's say that this happens. Let's say before the end of 2023, they finally get the Cybertruck out there. Realistically, one, one of them. <laughs> well, it, I think in order to technically be considered a um, production, you have to have a certain amount of vehicles that actually get produced within a year. Yeah, but but you could deliver one. You can deliver one. You could produce you many. Produce, yeah, but just but then Elon one. gets his truck. Well, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's not even go there and okay. mention him. Um, no, but what the question is. Are they going to come anywhere near that promised price of around forty grand for a base model truck? Oh no no! I no, say no, nay nay. No no. More importantly, uh, they're going to do exactly what they've been doing before, which is they always start, start with the, the expensive. Top, right? right. You get the really really expensive models first, and then you trickle down, and maybe just maybe they might put out a quick little splurt of cheap ones before going back to the expensive ones again. And you're at the mercy of whatever their production ideals are. Now, to be fair, they're not the only ones who are doing this. We've already mentioned some of the stuff that Ford has done. General Motors is definitely a culprit if you look at their Hummer and the fact that they came out with their moonshot first. So there's a lot of people who are participating in this. But with Cybertruck, there was a promise. And I am curious if they're going to come anywhere near what that promised price is for a base model. And like they did with some of the other models, I agree with you. They're going to start with a higher option, maybe tri-motor system. Right, right. You know, they have a very famous tri-motor system, the Plaid. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're going to start there at 100K or more. Maybe. And we're talking about high prices here. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of those vehicles have, you know, obviously a lot of power, a lot of range. And so why do manufacturers do this? Well, generally small manufacturers like Rivian, who's starting out, they do this to recoup initial investment, right? That is correct. So they want to get, you know, nicer models out there. I mean, to some extent, you know, Tesla is not a new manufacturer by any means. They've no, been they've around been, for 10 years or yeah, more. Yeah, they've got a decade under their uh, belt. Uh, so are they trying to recoup their investment in their tooling and their factory? Potentially. Well, I would so. say considering where they are in the market right now and how quickly they have dropped like a stone, forget the reasons why. Just the fact is, is that they are really having a tough time. I would imagine the first thing they want to do is recoup the costs on this truck and start pumping in some profit. And I think that's exactly what they're going to be aiming for. If I were a board member there, I'd say put all of our resources into making sure this truck happens and happens soon and get the most expensive one out there first so we can start profiting because there are still thousands of people who held on to their reservation, to, which was only 100 bucks, yeah. to get this truck. If yes. they're going to come close to that price, that's another question, but that doesn't matter right now. Now, by the way, there's no configurator up or anything else like that. No, or Tesla, pricing. Or or pri nothing yeah. on pricing on the Tesla website which indicates to me that there's going to be some major changes. So we'll see. Let's go to Chevrolet, though. And then finish up with Maverick. Yes, we're we're almost there. We're yeah. almost there. So there's another uh, offender here. I'm going to call this an offender. Because um, so the new Silverado EV truck, it's technically 2024. It's going to be available for sale in, in 2023. Mm -hmm. And the first truck is a fleet truck. Um, and so there's – so. Their rollout is a little bit complex. <laughs> they initially showed the RST. I mm -hmm. hope you can see that behind us. Yeah, it's kind of um, dark, but it's, it's seeable. So 
they showed the most expensive model, right? Mm-hmm. Like they always do, and of many course. manufacturers do Big this. Big wheels that, that, and all the trim and all the goodies. Dude, blah, it's blah, blah, rolling blah. on 24s. Which is just ridiculous. Yes, and now there are prototypes running around on these wheels too. We've seen some of them. But it says it right there in small print, available in the fall of 2023. Okay, that's fine. Okay, fair enough. And then they said, oh, by the way, we have a work truck version that's coming first for fleet only. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fine. Um, and remember... They also promised something around $40,000. That was their, in, their, in their initial press release. They said just over $40,000 will have a base model. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I talked to our dealer, local dealer here in Colorado. Right. I've confirmed this. Their base model for their Silverado EV for fleets will start near $72,000. You've got to be kidding me. No. You are joking me. No. You're pulling it's my called, leg. It's called a 3WT. You know their WT moniker stands for work truck, yes, right? right. It's their, let me pull up a picture of this. Um, and so, I thought it looked so cool. Now I hate it. Uh, because it had steel wheels and it had like... It, it does. And it didn't even have a mid-gate that drops because essentially right now the new Silverado EV is uh, an avalanche, a Chevy avalanche that's electric in terms of it's the way the bed... And the mid-gate drops, but the uh, work truck version of it doesn't have that mid-gate. It's just a proper It's regular. more simple, yeah. yeah. So with those things taken away, that thing you're showing me right now is $74,000. I was wrong. It's not seventy-two With destination charges, it's at $74,800. And that is no longer a work truck. That is oh, now a... It's a luxury vehicle. What the hell are they? Ugh. So there are several reasons for this, and we don't have all the specs on this truck because the configurator is not live. Right. But we believe the information we have is that the base work, it's not quite base because it's called 3WT. You know how they have one, one two, two, three, three. four. Yeah, yeah. So it's not quite a base base model, but it's going to have a larger battery pack similar to the Hummer, okay. right, which is about 212 kilowatt hours. And that's where I think where most of the cost comes in. Yeah, maybe it's it'll the have a fast onboard charging system and stuff like that, too. Yeah, and once again, we don't have all the specs right. finalized um, on this one. But even if you're a fleet with um, tax incentives, even so, it's still a heck of a lot of money. I think it's almost outside of most fleets' reach. That's redunculous. Yeah. Really? Well, we, uh, listen, this is all based on one thing. Maybe they'll have a 2WT version. That'll and the one WT yeah, version that'll significantly be less, but not initially. They haven't announced it. We yes. haven't heard. So until we hear, you know, we're only giving you the news that we have on hand. So let's hope that cooler heads prevail at General Motors and Mary Barra. Darn it! I was gonna say damn it, but I didn't want to say damn it because damn it, is, some people think it's cursing. So damn it or darn it, you really <laughs> need to make this truck far more accessible. Affordable. Come on. Affordable. What is wrong? So, and there's another rumor that there was another interview with the chief engineer of this truck that said that the base Silverado EV will have a smaller battery, which we don't know exactly how big it will be, but hopefully that model will be closer to $40,000 price. Um, There we go. You know, the original promise. Yes, exactly. And and let's say they walk it back. Let's say due to... Component uh, pricing and raw materials, um, you know, costs. Our base Silverado will be fifty-two. I'm just pulling a number out of thin air. That's still better than seventy-four. Yes, it is. You guys want to bring us usher in this electric age of trucks and cars? It's not going to help with you just trouncing on people who seriously need a truck 
or a car for that matter, and have these remarkably expensive prices. It doesn't work that way. If they can't afford it, they can't afford it. So you guys need to find a way to make a more accessible version of this truck, be it one that doesn't have power seats, be it one that has a smaller battery or something along those lines, and make it available. Okay, enough of that lecture. Let's move on to what is currently the least expensive pickup truck Pick up, I should say, a pickup crossover for sure. some of you sensitive sure. ones that um, you can buy in the United States, and that is the Ford Maverick. And specifically, that's the Ford Maverick XL with the hybrid front-wheel drive powertrain. Yes, the current 2023 Maverick starting price, according to their website, is $22,195. Um, so this is 2000 more than the original price when they launched this that truck. That is correct. So, it's so this is well. already 10% yes. more. Uh, but they also got something wrong in, in their favor. They, they didn't, I don't think they expected how popular this truck might be. You and I absolutely predicted it would sell like hotcakes, and Ford did not listen to us. Well, I don't know. Maybe they did. But now no, the price... Because they weren't ready for this. The price is higher. It's 10% higher, but we're still talking low 20s. Right. And you're getting incredible efficiency as well. Incredible efficiency, a vehicle that can still haul quite a bit, but not tow very much. And if you want better towing, you move your way, you know, go up to the turbocharged powertrain, less efficiency, but more capability with towing. The thing about this truck is that, or this pickup, I should say, I hate correcting myself, is that it is already a proven entity. People out there seem to love them. They're selling to the point to where, I hate to tell you guys, but they're pretty much unobtainium right now. You will not be able to buy one off a lot, that's for damn sure, unless it's used. Uh, so the only way you can get one is ordering one, and right now orders are... are they're still backed up. They're I mean, backed up. I mean, you could order it, but there's different reports that 2023 may have already sold out mm -hmm. as far as allocations. Uh, so this is pretty insane. Uh, we see them more and more every day oh, yeah. on the streets around Colorado. I've here. seen a lot of them here, especially the turbos, uh, the, you know, the all wheel drive ones with the EcoBoost. They make a lot of sense up here, which is one of the reasons why, you know, I was definitely considering this. Now, its competition is, of course, the Hyundai Santa Cruz. And the least expensive version of the Hyundai Santa Cruz comes with a naturally aspirated uh, 2.5 liter four cylinder engine. Right. that's powering the front wheels only. And that vehicle is still, I believe, about $27,000. I think that's where it starts. And that's, I, I think you're absolutely correct yeah. uh, there. So the Maverick really undercuts it. It does undercut it, yeah. but, but also they're very different vehicles Yeah, uh, for, in terms of what you get. For yeah, the and the Maverick, don't, you know, we, we love talking about its affordable price, which is there. Of course, we're not talking about markups. That's no. another story. Yeah, we're not talking um, about any dealer markups. Those people do not deserve we, others. We, um, we know there are markups. Oh, we know. And you guys have sent us many messages about mm -hmm. this. But what I'm talking about is the Maverick, you know, you may argue, you know, the materials are too hard inside. Mm, maybe yeah. the seat is not, maybe too stiff. Yeah, for some for, people for some. Yeah. Uh, maybe the suspension is too stiff for some. Yep. So it's not a perfect vehicle, but no. it's affordable. No, and that's the point. Back in the day when they had small trucks available, the Zizu uh, Pup, the RP Up. Chevy Love. Chevy Love or, or the uh, Ford, basically the Mazda, but the... Um, the, what was, was it the, the Ford Courier? Courier yeah. and, and of course, in the first generation version of the, um, the Ford Ranger, uh, the original Toyota truck before the Tacoma, all these small trucks. Oh, and I can't forget the Mitsubishi Mighty Max. Um, Datsun? Oh, well, yeah, Datsun, sure, sure, yeah. six and seven series of those. 
these were small, not much bigger, in many cases actually smaller than the Maverick, at least in terms of cab size. And their numbers were very similar, but more importantly, they rode like cabbage carts. They had, uh, you know... No AC, no airbags. Yeah, and they no, were this stiff was... and they rattled and they were not the world's most comfortable vehicles. So by comparison, the, uh, the Ford... Is oh, the Maverick is a Rolls Royce. By comparison, uh, yeah, it yeah. is. So I we mean, wanted to throw that out there. We know that there were you know, really difficult rides out there. Even full-size trucks back in the day rode horribly. Anyway, this is still the value leader. And if you don't need the capacity of a full-size or even a mid-size truck, but you still need to hold some stuff. More important, like hauling, really, is what this thing can do. Yeah, it's got this really is, good payload. Yeah. This is the direction you go into, exactly. But... Guys, this is it. This is your only choice. And also, well, and the Maverick too, or sorry, the Santa Cruz, but they're both really hard to get. Yeah. So I don't know if we um, depressed you or helped you. And we didn't want to do that because this is now 2023. By the time you guys are seeing this, yay! So here's my New Year's wish to you and to all the truck makers out there. I hope you guys can get what you want, and I hope that the truck makers are listening and they build what you want. Meaning affordable trucks yes with crank windows simple engines crank windows manual transmissions oh oh, oh. imagine that a manual transmission okay Okay. anyway guys have a wonderful new year's thank you for joining us let us know what you think in the comments below yep of course we read most of the comments uh, all of the comments we cannot respond to right immediately but patreon.com slash tfl car is where we'll always, uh, you know, listen to your feedback and respond to you there. Absolutely. He has it on the nose. Have a wonderful 2023. Thank you. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.